You're listening to Ithaca is Music, the stories behind the songs. We are exploring the local music scene here in Ithaca, New York. Located in the Finger Lakes and home to Cornell University, this small town is full of talented musicians. We intend to ask them questions about their craft and have them perform in front of our live audience. I'm Jeff Goodmark. This week, we bring you Kurt Riley. This Metapop mastermind plays punk, new wave, glam rock, and will excite you about the direction of contemporary music. So stay tuned to his insightful interview. The coolest part about working in this experience has been working with bands like you. It's also been working with our amazing sponsor, Ithaca Bakery. Yeah, let's give it up, honestly. I love Ithaca Bakery. I do too. On my own accord, I feel free to say that. What's like your favorite drink at Ithaca Bakery? What's your go-to? Oh, black coffee. It's a solid choice. And a King Dustin sub. My, oh, my favorite morning yes. breakfast sandwich was the Big Sur. Yes. I go to the CTBLT, add turkey on focaccia with sprouts. Yeah. Mine is the octopus, turkey, Swiss, and coleslaw on pumpernickel bread. And I can get it delivered right to the studio. And now, let's get the show on the road and go to Lot 10 with our host, Victoria DeBerry. How's everybody doing? You guys doing all right? Kurt Riley is one of my favorite people on the planet, and um, this dude is just such an innovative artist. I actually met Kurt last year, and um, the cool thing about Kurt is that he's, you know, he's not afraid to do something innovative, clearly. Um, I'd love to introduce you guys uh, the Kurt Riley Band, everybody. Oh, Kurt. We have to, we have to talk about this. So Riley isn't your last name. Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I think one time you and I were over, were over at the range, and we were. It was like after whatever, and you needed to show someone your ID, and I saw your last name. Can you give the secret? Can I give the secret? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are um, a couple of court cases pending still. <laughs> um, technically, I'm not supposed to on the air. <laughs> That's what the lawyer said. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's very Swedish. It's a very Swedish name. Well, you're a Swedish guy, so... Partially. I am half Italian. So if any of you like a good lasagna, uh, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> good, good lasagna with, like, meatballs, because oh, yeah, Swedish, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. 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 And right. then a massage afterwards, because Swedish, right? On your Ikea table. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about when you started doing a thing. It was back in 2003 is when you started being a musician. What were you doing before that? I first uh, got into music um, around then. I picked up a copy of a Rolling Stones record and my parents wouldn't let me have it so I knew it had to be good, you know, right? But yeah, that took me down a a very long road that um, I wouldn't do anything differently. It's a charmed life. I'm very grateful for it. Do your parents support you now? They do. You know, once you're on a couple of magazine covers, they're like, we knew the whole time. (laughs) You know, you got it, kid. We knew. They take credit for bringing you into this world and then credit for bringing you into this other world, right? (laughs) Right. No, my parents are actually probably the best set of parents in the entire world. I'm going to go ahead and say that. They're incredible and I love them very much. That's, you hear that, Mom and Dad? He loves you very much. I do. I do. Now, the first song um, you sort of wrote that was like a big thing for you. Let's talk about Memphis Blues. Okay. This, now, what we're about to hear isn't the actual way that you wrote it, right? No, no. 
So I was sitting next to a pool in 2007 smoking a cigarette and I wrote this sort of like T-Rexy kind of thing. Um, and I'd lived in Memphis when I was about 18 trying to run away from home and it didn't work out too well. That's um, Memphis, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not easy. But I wrote this song about all the, the lovely ladies I missed and the good times I had. And uh, it wasn't until recently when I worked on it with these fellows for the first time in ages, they utterly transformed it. They turned it from being this T-Rex sort of thing into like this merry and faithful European post-punk sort of thing, which I adore. And now it's, I haven't had this much fun playing it in 10 years. It's interesting so. to think of, it's, yeah, and it's interesting to think about like a, a bluesy song being like a post-punk like new age type of, in the same sentence. It's like Memphis blues is not like this, but no, Memphis blues has become this, which is pretty cool. So I present to you one of the first songs ever played together by the Kurt Riley Band. Here is Memphis Blues.
man. That was awesome. Uh, every time I see you, it's just like, wow. I don't even, I don't even know, man. So let's, um, when you ran away, right, because this was kind of like your running away song and watching people live their lives, you said you felt like a stick in the mud and just, um, you know, unable to move. Um, when, you, when you went back, was it more like a prodigal son, like, ah, oh, we love you, or was it more like, I told you? Uh, it, was, it was definitely very much a prodigal son sort of thing. Um, my family, they're very conservative, and so being into music was, um, yeah, it was a very poor life decision, bad choice, you know. Smoking the devil's lettuce and right, listening you know. to the stones. And the joke's on them, because now I literally make like tens of dollars a gig, you know? So there, told you. Now it's a literal poor life choice. Right. <laughs> um, but no, um, it, was a, it was a very humbling experience coming back. And um, I ate a lot of crow. But that was good, because it taught me not to be so big-headed. Um, but now, this ragtag group of guys, amazing. How did you meet these guys? Yeah, give it up. <laughs> How did you meet these fellows? Did you, did you just like, was it a Craigslist? Was it a MySpace? Did you guys meet on AIM? Like, we actually met on LiveJournal. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little Zanga action. They liked a couple of my MyChem posts, you know. Um, no, <laughs> actually, I did meet Rick first on Craigslist. Um, I put out a post. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, despite what some people say, not in the personal section. Um, this was a not, like an unmissed connection. This was, this was a found connection. <laughs> it was a found connection. And um, Rick, I cannot praise the man enough because no matter what happens, no matter what transpires, no matter how many musicians have quit or how many booking agents have turned us down, what have you, he never falters. He's always there with good humor and aplomb and doesn't give up, you know, like Galaxy Quest. Never give up, never surrender. You know? <laughs> and he doesn't. So please give the man a hand. Oh no, my gosh. No, he's, he's a gem. He really is. Um, and then subsequently, um, I met Mr. Charlie Jones, our, our Lord of Synth over here. Yeah. And uh, Charlie Jones I met through what I call my, my Spaceballs connection. Um, he was my girlfriend's sister's former roommate. The first time I ever went over to his house to play with him, um, I, I go up to his, his practice space, and he's just warming up, he's just messing around. Um, he's heard me tell this story a thousand times. But he's got a little looper pedal, and he's got his synthesizer, that one right there, and he begins playing the entire Stranger Things song, theme song, by himself layering over himself until it's like just a wash of Until 1980s. you were in the upside down? Yeah, basically. And I was like, please be in my band. <laughs> that <laughs> was know, it. Of course, I was like, you know, if you want. You know. I've got like a thousand synth players lined up in Ithaca. Yep. Um, but anyway, of course, our most recent addition, um, who basically just fell out of heaven into our collective lap, is Mr. Sesu Coleman on the drums. Woo! You guys, now recently you posted a picture of you and Blondie, which has got to be just like, I mean, amazing. I, I couldn't believe that picture happened, didn't happen earlier, honestly. Well, that, was, that was something else. Yeah, Sesu, he is um, a veteran and a stalwart of the 1970s and 80s New York City music scene and still active in it today. Um, you know, he was in a group called the Magic Tramps and performed with a gentleman. <laughs> exactly. And performed with a gentleman who was part of Warhol's troupe, and they Whoa. played at Max's Kansas City, the Mercer Arts Center with the Dolls. So 
it's it's you know he he walked out of history and said yeah you know what you got going on is actually pretty good I'd like to be a part of it which was hugely flattering to me you know of course I was like yeah I know <laughs> you're but like no. sure yeah you can be <laughs> in my ba- yeah. band please yeah. please be in my band <laughs> that's amazing uh, yeah now I mean creating a vibe and an ambiance is like very important and I think that you sort of embody that just by you as a character. So what is this persona that we're working with? Um, so th- I'm releasing a Greatest Hits to sort of close this chapter um, of the past decade because we're about to move into a phase musically that is much different than anything we've done before. It'd be very futuristic and minimalist. Um, Lots of hip hop, right? You're going to just start spitting <laughs> rhymes? Is that what's you know, I've been you know, just a closet rapper and I haven't <laughs> told anybody, but my... Knew it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this costume is sort of the, the last hurrah of that, that ethos. Let's go into your most inspirational song. Um, you're a Cornell alumni, aren't you? Did you? Yes. Yeah, yes, so you kind of wrote this song sort of at Cornell on a very beautiful piano. Let's kind of go into that for a second. Um, so at Cornell, they've got a building um, called Lincoln Hall, and it's where they have their music department. And within it, they've got several gorgeous Steinways, you know, several thousand dollar pianos. And so by some miraculous stroke of luck, me, who can barely play anything, um, got to play on one of these. And I started composing this song called Universe um, for a concept record I did in 2016 called Kismet about an alien prince who comes to save his queen on Earth because she's been lost. Please tell me you wore a full alien headdress when you did that, right? Like a spacesuit or something? <laughs> I did have another getup. It had LED lights inside the jacket. It was very cool. You know, it illuminate the chest hair, you know. <laughs> That's all um, we care about, illuminating the chest here, really. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the song, um, it was my attempt to write something that was acyclical, because as a songwriter, most of my songs are very Buddy Holly-esque, you know? You've got parts, you know, sections. And so I wanted to write something that didn't have too many re- repetitions, almost akin to classical music. Um, and so it's got like a light motif inside it, you know, things like that. Um, but it also encapsulated kind of how I felt at Cornell, because I felt pretty isolated. I didn't really fit in. I've never fit in, but especially at Cornell, because I came from a community college in Memphis where, like, you know, I've got, you know, uh, single mothers and, you know, people who are just basically almost homeless in my class. And then you go to Cornell where they're like, you know, dad isn't going to get me the Beamer for graduation. And I'm like, I, I can't relate to you at all. <laughs> you know? That's when you have to put your hand, you have to, all right, Vic. Right, Call, yeah. Put the hand down. Yeah, <laughs> You've got yeah. this. They don't have caviar at the dining hall. This is so amateur. They probably do, honestly. You know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, but anyway, it was a life-changing experience, though, going there. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And uh, while I was there, I, I met my amazing girlfriend, um, who's with us this evening. So, <gasps> Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up, yeah. <laughs> now, so lyrically... Um, do you think that this sort of reflects that isolation? So you said it's, it's kind of a little bit more um, continuous. So can we talk about sort of where your inspiration for some of the words of your isolation came from? Like, what was the images you were thinking of? Sure. Well, in this part of the story of the album Kismet, the alien king is trying to make his way to Earth to find his lost queen. Um, but due to the effects of time dilation and travel across, you know, galaxies, um, hundreds of years pass on Earth, which are just hours for him. Um, due to relativistic physics and other things I'm far not intelligent enough to understand. Um, but um, he's, he's in his ship sort of frozen asleep. And so there's this line in it about how he's, you know, in his steel cocoon throughout the twinkling, you know, cosmos. Um, and that kind of 
that kind of encapsulated how I felt. And then the middle eighth um, is kind of an existential crisis in 24 bars, which is real fun. <laughs> if, um, if a song doesn't have an existential crisis in 24 bars, is it even a song, right, you know, yeah. is it? <laughs> um, well, I'd love to present the most inspirational song from Kurt Riley. Here is Universe. Oh 
Did he? Does he find? Does he get his love? What? Tell us the story. <laughs> you have to buy the record. I knew you were gonna say that. I know how antediluvian. Buy the record. <laughs> buy the record. <laughs> buy the record. Oh, oh buy it. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a change at the end of the song. There. Um, at first, it, you were saying I am the only one, right? And then it changes to you're not the only one. So does this reach sort of a meta place where you're, it's kind of like um, you're kind of turning and breaking the fourth wall of like, you know, you're not the only one. It seems like you are, but you're really not. And that, was that you talking to yourself or was that you talking to other people in hopes of making yourself feel better? Both. Okay. But that's a prescient insight. Yeah, the narrator's breaking the fourth wall there. So the, so essentially it's like, there's a positive change because yes. it, it, it really stinks to feel alone and all by yourself, especially when it comes to academia. There must be more to life than the politics and strife. Uh, smiling in a suit as you sharpen up your knife. Um, yeah. Because that's a lot of what I saw with, you know, um, some of the people I went to school with who were all like, you know, yeah, I'm going to go be uh, work in finance, you know, <laughs> work on the next big <laughs> crash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> awkward. Um, so I wanted to sort of ask you. When you write songs that, that uh, dance along these topics of uh, difficult things like loneliness and you know things that are on the, on the lower side of, of the mood spectrum, do you provide solutions in your songs or do you ever have any moments where it's like okay to not have closure, I guess is what I'm saying. Like how do you feel about closure when you're writing these, about these topics? I do try to provide some kind of a, a catharsis because if you don't, then you just the, the listener is kind of emotionally constipated. I definitely do try to provide a solution. Um, one of our mo most popular songs is actually along those lines. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. one of my favorites. I'm not gonna lie. You um. So let's talk about let's talk about Bound for Glory. There's a, a peculiar part of uh, human psychology where we uh, we like to mock the other until the other gain some sort of superiority or supremacy, and then we go, oh yeah, the other, great guy, love him. Um, and you know, I, I've experienced a lot of that, I've seen a lot of musicians go through that. Um, and so I wanted to write a song about, you know, if anyone's telling you not to be yourself, not to be unique, not to be different, don't pay any attention to them, because eventually they're gonna wish that they could stand out and be brave like you are. That's so true, yeah, so. Can, yeah, come on, let's, I feel that. Be different, be brave, be who you are. That's amazing. It's, I mean, you're up here, you're wearing makeup, you're wearing leather pants, you've got an amazing band behind you, and you're writing these beautiful songs. Like, anybody who tells you to not be yourself can go fuck themselves. I'm giving you guys one of the most popular songs from Kurt Riley. Here is Bound for Glory.
I don't know about you, I'm ready to go chase my dreams, everyone. This song gets me amped up, I'm not even kidding. Every time I'm just amped, I'm ready to go. <laughs> now you are talking about doing another concept album and can you walk us through these concepts that you've worked with? So we had the space romance and the king trying to go back to earth. What about, one of my favorites is actually Eye of Ra. I do love that album. So will you take us through your albums and the concepts that go with them? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, the first record I did was called Brighthead, um, which is sort of a play on my hairstyle. <laughs> um, and uh, that one was very, very more like innocent pop, um, Beatlesque sort of thing. Um, and then Kismet, the one with Eye of Raw on it, was very space and uh, somebody actually said it was kind of prog, but I never really listened to prog, so I don't know how that got in there. But I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we did one called Tabula Rasa, which was the first one Rick was on. Um, and that was more of a stripped down rock and roll sort of thing. Um, and then Love is in My Heart, the single we put out last February. Yeah, that was like a Nat King Cole by way of electro sort of thing. Um, and then we're about to do one, uh, which is going to be our next single, called Failure of Imagination. It's kind of a combination of hip-hop and T-Rex. What is your day job? What do you do? Uh, male escort, actually. Like you escort mail to people's houses? Yes. Oh, okay. I work for the USPS. Rain <laughs> or shine. Knew it. I knew yeah. it. <laughs> yep. Failure of Imagination. Um, Where's your head at when you're talking about the failure of imagination? Because we're hearing all the, we just came, we came down, we're bound for glory, we're up, we're high, hey, hey. <laughs> and now it's like the, we're going to this failure, place of failure. Well, it's, it's not a failure on my part that I'm talking about. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, no. Um, it's more of a, a reposte, if that's how you pronounce that word. A witty little comeback to uh, people who haven't seen what we're capable of. Um, because we've been around a couple times, around the block, and eventually folks are like, oh, wow, that's really good. Yeah, you're right. And the first time, they wouldn't give you the time of day. So this is my sort of arrogant little... <laughs> um, is this you showing off your big head a no, little bit? No, not, not the big head. Big heart, I guess. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to anybody who says, again, you know, you don't got what it takes. Well, this is how you tell them. You're just missing out. It's pretty cool that you're following suit to just... Rock and roll, man. Sticking it to the man, not through social media or through, um, you know, uh, pettiness, but through song and bringing people together. I think that's really important that, that we do that rather than just come at one another. Thank you. But sing a song together. So let's hear that, man. Let's get amped up. The newest song from Kurt Riley. Here's Failure of Imagination.
that song and I think Bound for Glory kind of remind me of like the beginning of Black or White by Michael Jackson, <laughs> right? When he's like, turn it down, you know, the not the, turn it down. He's like, come on, Dad, just a minute, right? <laughs> so your song, your songs are kind of reminding me of that and that sort of like, you know, like, fuck you, this is rock and roll, I'm gonna play my music, like, screw you and I'm gonna live my life, but not in a way that's um, self-righteous or like you're, you are trying to justify maybe some incorrect decisions, but mostly just self-expression. So is that, how important is that to you as an artist, this concept of self-expression and, um, and sort of that awareness? Critical, yeah, because um, I'm, I'm a misfit, and so I represent the misfit, and I stand up for the misfit. So those are my folks, the people who don't fit in. I'm waiting for your Christmas album called Isle of Misfit Toys. <laughs> right? Like Come squirt, on. The squirt gun with the jam, you know, and the train yeah. with the square wheels. That's, I'm oh, waiting yeah, for it. I used to watch that all the time as a kid. Yeah. What do you mean used to? Come on. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> We're talking about like what it means to freedom of self-expression, freedom to be who you are. I mean, just looking at your band, you've got people from all walks of life, all places in life, and you know, coming together to create this sound. It's almost like you kind of represent this, this idea of inclusivity. So um, is that what you're going for? You want to just be all inclusive? I mean, I've, the music I write is completely inclusive. Um, I call it metapop, because that's what it is. It's pop music that draws from absolutely everything. Um, I listen to Mozart and Robert Johnson and Roxy music and, you know, future synth and synth wave and all that sort of thing. So it's all over the place. And the band represents that as well. I, I've been very fortunate to meet people from all walks of life. And yeah, I don't care who you are, so long as you're a nice person and you can play. You're pulling from all different kinds of genres and you're um, pulling this all together. Are you hoping to sort of have your catalog be something in every genre, yes. ultimately? Well, a lot of amalgamations because um, some of the best genres in history were the amalgamations of former genres. Um, rock and roll was, you know, country blues and rhythm and blues, you know, bridging this racial divide in the 1950s. Um, British invasion music, music combined a lot of English musical traditions like music hall and Celtic music with the rock and roll they all grew up listening to. So it's when you fuse these weird things together that's when you get the new sounds. Um, and in an age where there's so much recycling of what has been done, I'm trying to... You know. Meld like what has been done versus, or meld what has been done um, with what will be. Yes. Essentially. Exactly. A quick thing, um, big thank you to our sponsor, Ithaca Bakery. They're amazing. They're one of the, yeah. Isn't that good? It's a place you can go to get sandwiches, you can get coffee, and you can hear music. You've played at Ithaca Bakery, haven't you? Oh, yeah, it was a gas. Let's give it up for Kurt Riley, everybody. Amazing. <laughs> Kurt Riley's going to come back up and Rock it out for you. Thank you very much.
rest of this set and for the unabridged multi-cam video, please visit IthacaIsMusicPodcast.com. For more information about this week's artist, Kurt Riley, check out his website, KurtRiley.com. Support for Ithaca is Music comes from Ithaca Bakery. They have graciously sponsored our entire first season. Check them out at IthacaBakery.com. We are big fans and are very thankful for their continued love of local food and local music. Ithaca is Music is produced by me, Jeff Goodmark, and John Carter of New Vine Records. To learn more about John and his recording studio, go to NewVineRecords.com. Our video is recorded and produced by Jonathan Hochberg of Finger Lakes Music Press at FingerLakesMusicPress.com. And our website is hosted and maintained by 14850.com. Additional contributions come from Ramsey Browse, Travis McDowell, Ari Kisilov, and Mark Ambinder, with support from Matt Reese and Justin McGuire of Lot 10. Our live sound was mixed by me. Artistic direction provided by Mickey Quinn of Mighty Productions. Our theme music is provided by The Uncommons. For more of their music, go to facebook.com slash theuncommonsband. A very special thanks goes out to our host, Victoria DeBerry. You can peek into her crazy life on Instagram at V2B Music. That's V-E-E-D-A-B-E-E Music. Next time on Ithaca is Music, we bring you Anna Coogan. All I can say is wow. She blends pop, indie, and opera in a way that you won't believe. That's right, I said opera. Coogan's latest album, The Lonely Cry of Space and Time, is a stylistic breakthrough. You gotta check it out. And remember, the shame was on the other side. Oh, we can beat them forever and ever. Then we could be heroes just for one day. Receding.